Welcome to Officially Unofficial, the podcast by the washed-up athlete for the washed-up athlete. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junta. Okay, we are here with a very, very special guest. I've been grinding on Twitter, messaging this guy, DMing this guy like a 13-year-old schoolgirl to get this guy on the podcast. He had a 6-1 and record last year with a 178 ERA. Is that good? Is that good? I don't know. You tell me. It is my pleasure to welcome Tampa Bay Rays ace and notified man missile, Tyler Glass, now to the officially unofficial podcast. What is up, Tyler? What's up, dude? Thanks for having me on, man. That was, I mean, that was a good intro, electric, maybe one of my best and most fluid. That's if we're going to put that on the record. Um, I wanted to start with something with the elephant in the room. Just so people know on the record, we actually did record earlier. A little bit of a cutout. My bad. We'll figure it out. Fuck it. Um, there's an elephant in the room that I wanted to talk about, and it's your nickname, Baby Giraffe. Tell the people why you're nicknamed Baby Giraffe. So when I first got into pro ball, I was like tall. I was like 6'6 or something, and I just weighed like nothing i was like a 22 pound like prepubescent weirdo and uh i was i got good friends with like jmo and i was a couple guys you know like kingdom and stuff and uh that was just a nickname i got and i enjoyed it like i enjoyed laughing at myself so i just kind of i just thought it was super funny and i just stuck with it even when i finished puberty and everything i just thought why not let's just stick with it like i i kind of just think it's funny yeah, I was thinking they would just like come up with like more of like a California nickname for you. You're the typical Cali, bro. You're like I stated earlier. I'll say this multiple times in the podcast. So we should play a drinking game every time I say Tyler Glass now is good looking. Someone drink. You're a typical Cali kid. You got the hair. You're tall. You throw gas. So what was it like growing up in California for you? Were you a skateboarding guy? Yeah, it was like really my first love. Like obviously baseball. I played that like growing up. But like from what was it like sixth grade to like tenth grade or like fifth grade to tenth grade. I just skated like every day all the time. So that was like what I was obsessed with. And then I kind of knew beforehand, like once I got in, I was always serious about baseball, but I knew like once I was kind of like getting in on varsity, I had to stop skating. So it was kind of hard to stop, but I ended up just being like, all right, like I need to get my priorities straight. But it was definitely an obsession of mine. And I skated like every day for like hours and hours a day. So did you have those necklaces, like the shark necklaces? Be honest. I yeah, need to know. I never thought those were cool, dude. I had a couple buddies who had them, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get my own grind here. I didn't, I didn't fall into the shark tooth necklace grind. When did you realize, like, you know what? Like, I'm going to have to gas skating because I'm nasty at baseball. Like, what age was that for you? I honestly remember, like, even, like, starting to skate. I was like, this is – I'm, like, obsessed with it, and I love it, but, like, I'm not going to be a pro skater. Like, I knew I was going to be tall eventually because like, I had, like, huge feet, and I was tall when I was younger. Uh, and I was like, I don't, I mean, this isn't like a really good like career path, but it's really fun to skate with my friends. So I, like probably honestly early on, like sixth grade, I knew I loved baseball and I wanted to pursue that. So I knew like eventually I had to stop, but I didn't, I mean, I was just, I don't know. It was just super fun. <laughs> There's also something I read about you through extensive research <laughs> that actually also defines Cali kid. You have a tattoo on your lip. Is this true? Yeah. Can you show the camera? Oh yeah, I have this. No juice? No, no is juice. Is that what it says? Yes. Where did this come from? That's a little Boosie song. And I had my first roommate in pro ball was uh, Roderick Jones from Louisiana. And he, uh, like, he was just, like, my first roommate, the coolest dude ever. I was always, like, super nervous to go in. Obviously, like, out of high school, I was, like, 17. And he was just, like, the coolest dude ever. Like, we were so polar opposite. And we just shared, like, a love of rap music. And I just, the song, like, reminded me of him. And it was just kind of like, uh, I don't know. This is like Marshawn Lynch when I first got it. It was, like, coming out of those interviews. And I was just like, it's a sign, dude. I got to get this tattoo. And it's just kind of like uh Kind of like an inside joke with, my, with that dude. What were the parents saying when when uh, they saw the no juice tattoo? Were they were they fired up? 
And they're like, whatever, dude. No one can see it. Who cares? And I was like, yeah, exactly. Like, that's the point. So, yeah, they didn't really care. Like, if I'm sure if I got some tattoos, my mom would be like, oh, she'd be like, oh, how, how dare you, like, do that? But I don't know. Whatever. I don't, I don't think she'd care for too long. So Nick actually told me that you are a big, like, ghetto rap, gangster rap kind of guy. So what are your top five artists right now? Ooh, I uh, – right now? Damn. Um, I love, like, Nas and, like, Big L and, like, AZ and those dudes, like, the old school New York rap. And, like, Wu-Tang I love a lot. Um, but I don't know. If I had to go with, like, just some, st- like, pregame stuff, it's usually, like, really, like, trap-based stuff. Like, I love, like, Future. I like the Suicide Boys, weirdly enough. They're kind of good. Like Freddie Gibbs and those dudes, like just like stuff like that. I just like okay. good rap music, and then also bad rap music with just really good beats, like you know your generic stuff today. So you, so you like Lil Baby, Dub Baby, those kind of guys. I'm not like at the top of my list, but I definitely listen to them. I like like Key Glock is good, and like if I had to pick, it'd be like Future for some reason. I just love Future, and then like really good <laughs> lyrical rap, like from like old school stuff. I like like Joey Badass is really good too. He's kind of like that new age, like old school style. I kind of like him a lot. So. Okay, so you're just the common man, common Cali kid that just, that throws gas and plays in the big leagues. I mean, that, that, that's who you are. Yeah, I guess so, dude. That's how I guess so. <laughs> and I wanted to bring up a little bit of like a stat that I, I kind of wanted to do extensive research on. Maybe I'll go to Tropicana and study it. <laughs> do you kind of notice a little increase in the female population when you hop on the mound? I have to ask because I want to see the numbers based on what you pitch when someone else pitches. I don't know. I can't answer that question. You'd have to go to like ticket sales or something to see what you're saying. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. Probably not. I don't know. I just kind of go out and pitch. I don't really notice. There's not really too many fans either, as you know. So uh, a lot of, a couple empty seats out there. But no, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> it's all right. all right. Tampa Bay Rays, if you're listening to this, get in contact with me. I'll do the research. I'll be at the front gate just calculating it. We'll make it happen. But speaking about pitching and that big atmospheres, what is the biggest atmosphere that you, that you have ever pitched in in your whole career? Oh, the World's, I mean, not the World Series, the, the playoffs, obviously, like game one and five were by far the craziest. And I was so weird, too. Like, I think early on with the, with the Pirates, like, I always struggled with the nerves before games. Like, I hated that feeling of being, like, just kind of, like, having to deal with, like, a what if I fail, what if I don't, blah, blah, blah. And I think as I got, like, more into baseball, that started to kind of become, like, less and less. And I almost, like, craved that feeling. And before the game one, I was so nervous, dude. I was sitting in there just, like, it's that downtime in between that I just get, you know what I mean? Like any athlete understands like the, when you're not in control of that, like two hours prior, you're just thinking of stuff. And like, I'm, I'm like really active. I can't stop moving. I was just like moving. And the second I left and walked out to go warm up, it just all went away and just turned into like excitement. It was like the coolest feeling ever. I just got like a wave of confidence and it just felt like, but it was nuts, dude. That place was so loud. It was like probably one of the best times I've ever had playing baseball. Yeah. And I just want to put on the record, this is how much I know I knew that I was a Tyler Glass now guy is because I bet on the Rays game one. I just look I looked at the depth chart, and obviously we're not gonna talk about a man's bets, but I looked at the depth chart. I saw Tyler Glass now. I put my $15 an hour on the line on Tyler Glass now for game one. That's how I just knew I was a Tyler Glass now guy. But when you're pitching in that kind of atmosphere. What is running through your head when you're on the mound? Are you, are you thinking about, like, like holy shit, I'm pitching in the MLB playoffs right now? No, that, I think, like, those thoughts, like, the, like, this is fucking crazy, was more so, like, before. <laughs> and then, like, once you go out there, though, it was very, like, sounds very cliche, but, like, once you step between the lines, it very much is, like, you're not really focused on the crowd or anything like that. You just, like, you kind of feel the buzz and stuff like that, but... I got out there after warm-ups, like I felt super good in warm-ups, and I just kind of went in and did my little routine beforehand and ran out to the mound, and I just felt like pure adrenaline. And like, it was just an amazing feeling. But as the game went on, it just felt like a normal game. Like, I couldn't really tell the difference between like a normal season game and the playoffs once like that adrenaline hit and like 
I just got into the flow of things. Yeah, and, and what's crazy about you is is you were a fifth-round draft pick, which is literally highway robbery. So talk about, like, why you went. Like, obviously, the fifth round's not late. But talk about why you weren't, like, a top three, top four-round pick. Because I sucked, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't suck. I just, like, so I, my junior year, I committed to University of Portland. I threw, like, 83 to 86, something like that. Like, not... I was just like a goofy monster. And then uh, a lot of bigger teams or like schools were talking to me like, hey, let's wait and see how you do your senior year. And then we'll maybe like give you an offer or whatever. And I got – so that D1 offer and I was like, D1? Are you kidding me? Like this is awesome. So I committed. I got all excited. I signed the papers. And then my senior year I got like uh, a velo jump. I was still like 89, 92. But I was just really skinny and like there was obviously potential there. And like at the time I'm sure people were like, how did Glass get drafted in the fifth round? Like I kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and then like a year into pro ball or two years into pro ball, I was still in like 98. So I just kind of like grew into myself and like under started to like understand my body more. And I think a lot of like the blossoming into myself happened like once I got into pro ball. Okay. So it, so you were a little bit of a late bloomer. Is, yeah. that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, definitely. Okay. It sucks. Cause I literally was a never bloomer. I actually was never good. at. Ba- I was a fall American though. Actually people know this. If you're the, 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 the trustworthy listeners of this podcast know that I mash baseballs when the leaves come out and start changing. But when the summer season happens, it's game over for me. So I'd love to get in that bat against you. Maybe in the fall and let's make that happen sometime sooner or later. The Rays probably would never let that happen. Cause you'll be in the, you'll be in the world series next year glass now. So that, that, that's, what's going to happen. That's the plan, man. That'd be sweet. So let's talk about high school for a second. You played with a man that just demolishes people in the batter's box and on Twitter, a.k.a. yesterday, Trevor Bauer. Talk about Trevor Bauer in high school because he, he, he probably just diced. Yeah, I didn't honestly like know him personally super well. Like He was older than me. I knew him through like some of the training camps we did together. Like Jim Wagner was our pitching coach. Like We would go to him kind of do like training stuff. Um, didn't know him super well. I just remember having a conversation with him when I was a freshman and he was a junior in the bullpen. He was super nice, like answered all our questions. And he was like very advanced for his age to so where all like, Trevor, like how do you throw hard and do things? And he was just like super open and receptive. And um, and then I got to know him more, obviously, like his pro ball went on and like through the off seasons. And I've always been a big fan of his. Um, he's definitely like strong. He's very opinionated, as you can see on Twitter. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not really, especially on Twitter, like I kind of stay behind the scenes and stuff. Like I'm not really outspoken on like all the social media stuff. But Anyone who plays baseball and can be that outspoken is like I'm. I'm is a, a big fan in my book because it's such a humbling game. If you can go out there and talk that shit, like more power to you. Because like I'm not about to go do that. <laughs> yeah, no, and ho- hopefully, hopefully next year when you carve, then you can kind of talk that shit a little bit, which is fine. And I'll be. Oh, you won't. Okay, I'll do it for you. Uh, yeah, everyone yeah. that's listening to this, just know that I'm Tyler Glassnow's burner account. Now we're putting yeah. that on the record. There you go. Now so, we know. Speaking about him throwing gas in high school, on this podcast right now, out of these two guests, me and you, we're actually hitting 1,000 on guys that have hit over 100 miles per hour. So speaking about driveline, um, do you do driveline? Are you a driveline guy? No. So Trevor used to have the same agent as me, and I remember they were in Seattle doing like the driveline stuff, and I was like, yo, I'm, I'm bored, and I like to travel around in the offseason. I was like, I can't. I'm, I've been in this place for a while. I don't even remember where I was, like California or something. And I was like, I want to throw a bullpen. I'm going to come to Seattle. Like, I want to go see Seattle. I'm just going to come up and do stuff. And I, and I talked to Driveline, and they were, like, super cool with me just coming through for a day. And they showed me all their stuff, like, all the weighted balls and all the stuff. We did, like, I did their whole pre-blah, blah, blah. And I thought it was sweet. But at the time, I wasn't really looking for, like, a, like a velo jump or anything. And I kind of had, like, a solidified, like, rehab program to where, like, the stuff they showed me was pretty next level and cool. But I, I kind of just wanted to go there and see what it was like. And then I went. And I, and I threw a bullpen and did all that stuff and did all their like plyo care stuff. And it was, it was honestly pretty sweet though. 
Yeah, it, it is cool. It just I feel like you have it's like an acquired taste. Like you have to really like kind of like a not a slower process, but you have to like literally every single day doing like same repetition kind of stuff, right? Yeah, but I mean that's like I mean any pro baller will tell you like that's what everyone does. Like whether it's weighted balls or not, like there's everyone's got that like kind of like grindy process of like I do stuff every day I don't want to do, but my only responsibility, especially in the off season, is to train and like get better. So like I have like a dedicated three and a half hours a day. And then I kind of do whatever I want. So, like, you take that three and a half hours to kind of, like, make boredom sacrifices, I guess. Yeah, I know. You're living the dream. Everyone knows that. You get paid to throw a baseball. Is that something that you drop when you're at a public place? Like, someone will be like, oh, like, what do you do for a living? Are you like, yeah, I'm a pro baseball player. Like, is that, like, a little little job you throw? No, nah, I mean, it depends on the setting, really. Like, I'd lie if I told you I never told anyone. But, like, a lot of times, like, not to be a dick or anything, but when people ask, like, because I'm tall and stuff, and they'll come up and be like, what do you do? I'm just like, construction. Like, I just don't, you know what I mean? Construction. <laughs> uh, like, going into this conversation right now. Like, but I don't know. I think it depends. Like, when, you, when you're younger, too, and, like, you go to, like, bars or whatever with your friends or, like, you go out with all your buddies in the minor leagues, like, the first person to drop, like, yeah, we play baseball. And you're just like, man, you're a douche. Like, so everyone kind of, like, there's that unwritten rule of, like, don't, don't talk about it. But sure, like if people come and ask me, like especially if it's like kids or something or like someone recognizes me or something, I'm like, it's cool to sit and talk to people. It's I kind of enjoy that. It's kind of sweet. And this is something that I always wondered as an athlete. Do you kind of notice, like how cool is it to see kids, even like I said, I chirp these guys, 40-year-olds that wear baseball players' jerseys. I always chirp those guys. Are, do you see like the jerseys and do you kind of step back and be like, this kid is wearing my last name on his back? Like what's that experience like? Uh, I don't. I haven't really seen many like firsthand jerseys. Um, I know like they've been out there and stuff, but I, I I don't know. I think like it's pretty crazy. I like I definitely like I'm super appreciative of it. It's kind of insane. Like when I was a little kid, I used to go to baseball games and like look at the players in the dugout and just feel like jealousy. Just like how you're so lucky to go be able to go play and sit there. And I still to this day like when I'm sitting in the dugout after like whatever game and it's just like my off day the following day and I'm watching I still have moments where I just kind of step back and I'm like this is crazy like how did I do this like I'm here just hanging out with my friends like bullshit and talking about baseball and I'm just like I have moments where I'm like oh it's just like it kind of washes over me it's really cool so yeah it is crazy and the thing that's like kind of cool is especially with guys like you or even just guys that are the coming up and like up and comers is you guys can kind of sit back and be like, holy shit, man, I'm in the major leagues. Did you have a moment like when you're in the, like when you're in the big leagues that you kind of sat back or even like you're on the mound or in the dugout and you've been like, damn, I'm in the big leagues right now. I, I think more so when I got traded to Tampa, cause like my whole career in Pittsburgh sucked. So I just kind of, there was times like in the bullpen and stuff when I started to kind of really like get the confidence and like, uh, the beginning of the big leagues was like pretty hard for me. Like it was very, I wasn't doing very well. I was doing so good in the minor leagues and I went up and like had such like a, a mental, like just skewed approach right when I got to the big leagues. And that was like pretty tough. But I think I had more of those like sit back moments when later in 2018 with the Pirates and then like with Tampa, when I started to kind of really feel like I was like myself again. And I was like, this is, this is sweet. Like kind of back to like the process of everything. Speaking about the trade, has the FBI contacted you for fraud? Of that trade, the Pirates trade to the Tampa Bay Rays will go down in my history book. I want to make a history book as the worst trade in MLB history. So talk about that trade and where you were when you found out I'm going to the Tampa Bay Rays. I was actually sitting in my locker and uh, like it's kind of a weird, especially with like how fast all the information gets out now. And like you're per- I'm like the last dude to find out. Like I'm sitting there, the media's in there and I look on TV and it's like Chris Archer to be dealt to the Pirates like. Sources say, like, Tyler Glass now. I was just like, what? Can someone, like, text me or, like, let me know? Like, why does everyone know? And I don't. 
And like the media just like sat there and like stared at me and they didn't even know if they could like ask me. It was super weird. They like didn't ask me questions. And then our bench coach came in and got me. They told me like they kind of brought me to the office and we're just like kind of like, and I've, I had a good relationship with the front office and like the GM and everything. And it was all like love and it was like, cool, whatever. Like you guys got to make moves. I get it. And then I found out it was like for Meadows and then like a player to be named later. And at the time I was like, whatever, that seems fair. Right. Like I'm not pitching very well. Like Meadows is, was doing really well. Um, and the player to be named later. And also too, Archer's a stud. I mean, he's a good pitcher. There's still time obviously too. Like he's, he can come back and like have a good season, but it was, it was pretty weird, man. It was a, it was like a, a mixed emotion kind of deal for sure. But I was honestly like, pretty stoked to to go to another team yeah it's, it's kind of like a fresh beginning fresh start but the yeah. thing did that kind did it kind of come in your head you're like holy shit i get to i have to pitch in the al east now because i feel like that that has to kind of something that circulated to you no i don't and I, I don't want this to come off as like cocky either but i just knew like especially in pittsburgh like i just wasn't performing like anywhere near my best so i knew i was just like i just to leave and like kind of have a fresh start i feel like i'll be able to like come into my own, I guess. And I kind of just had like the sense of relief to where like I was going to an organization where nobody kind of typecasted me. Nobody knew Nobody was like trying to mess with whatever like mechanics and how to pitch. And I could just go and start fresh, really low market team. Um, but no, I mean like, I, I just know like if I'm on my game and like I'm, I'm pitching like I was in the minor leagues at the time, I was like, I don't really care who I'm throwing against. Like I know if I'm executing pitches with my stuff, like it's going to, I don't like, I'm going to do well. Yeah, you like speaking about that kind of cockiness or kind of having a chip on your shoulder. You said in an article that you kind of wake up in the morning and say, "I'm going to be the best baseball player in the world today." Is that something that you kind of attribute to your success? Good question, Johnny. Um, no, I think it honestly is something I contribute to my failure, dude. Like I remember just waking up when I had to start in Pittsburgh, and I was just like, ugh, like just just nervous and like, so <laughs> afraid of like failure. And I had so many starts leading up to it, like I wasn't doing well and things weren't going like his plan. And that was the first time I faced failure, like adversity at any time in pro ball. So it was just foreign to me. I didn't really know how to handle it. And I think as I started to like continue to that process of like kind of getting out of that mindset, I, I just realized like you just confidence is everything. And even if you don't have it, like you can fake it, like go in and just kind of put that chip on your shoulder and have that swagger all day long. And like, it'll go into your, into your start. Yeah, and as a guy that has played in the National League and the American League, is there any, like, do you have a favorite park to go visit? Hopefully Toronto. <clears throat> ah, dude. Uh, to visit, I don't know. Like, going to the Yankee Stadium sweet because I always liked the Yankees growing up. Like, they were always pretty cool. Going to L.A. is awesome because I grew up in, in L.A. Like, um, Dodger Stadium is sweet. Um, Houston was sick, to be honest. Like, the results obviously weren't the best, but, like, pitching there was sweet. So I'd probably say some of those. Okay. Yeah, like the the coolest thing about Yankee Stadium is now after them hearing this, they're gonna think they're gonna start this narrative that Tyler Glass now now wants to go to the Yankees like Garrett Cole because he was a ch childhood fan of theirs. So I'm gonna break that rumor right now to those who are gonna create that soundbite. Uh, it's not happening. Tyler Glass now is only other team he likes the Toronto Blue Jays and the Rays. So those <laughs> are only two teams. So speaking about the Toronto Blue Jays, I like I said before have a pact for you. Every time you play the Blue Jays in Toronto, I will be there obviously because I'm going to invite myself because I'm a big Tyler Glass now guy, and I will be Blue Jays will be yeah. dead to me when you're in Toronto. I just want to make that pact to you. I'm going to promise you that. Let's make that happen. Yeah, let's do it, dude. I'm down. I'll see you there. I'll be pitching. You know where to find me. <laughs> okay, yeah. And like I said, we're going to put this on the record. Tyler, I'm going to go to the call, whatever the place. Where do you get tickets from? It's called the... Uh, Will Call? Will Call and say, I'm with Tyler Glass now, and they'll just throw me two tickets. That's going to actually one ticket. It's gonna be, I'm going to go solo. But the thing here is, I'm going to actually pay for the dinner after. We're going to go to a nice Toronto place, Cactus Club, on me. You just signed an arbitration deal. 
but we're not going to talk about another man's money. So let's make that the deal here. We're going to virtual shake. It's right there. We're going to yeah. make it happen. There it is. All right. There so that, that, that's something that I've always looked forward to because honestly, the Jays lately have been dead to me. So I'm a big <laughs> Rays guy, Tyler Glass now guy now. What was your first experience when you came to Toronto? Like, because obviously you've never been before with the Pirates. So yeah. what was that like when you stepped off the airplane and saw like the beautiful skyline we have here? Uh, I, I love Toronto. That's probably one of my favorite cities I, I visit. Everyone's so like cool too. And like really nice. And like, there's so, it's like such a like melting pot of cultures and everything. So it was cool to go and like just eat different food and stuff like that. And like see everyone. And I don't know. And the stadium's sweet too. Like the hotel and center and like all the fans are always like really nice and stuff. So I enjoy Toronto. That's probably one of my favorite cities I, I go to for sure. Especially in it's just like fucking just cool people. Like I like it. Yeah. Let's talk about that lineup though too. Like I, how how cool is that to just you're facing Vladimir Guerrero's son like e- even Bichette those kind of guys like how cool is that to play the Toronto Blue Jays? I mean it's fine I don't know like it's cool I don't know I think it was more so like coming up like I think a lot of it was like you get a little bit more like start like in seventeen or sixteen when I first came up and it was like Yadier Molina and all these dudes and stuff but like now I don't know like those dudes are studs like those kids are gonna have a long not kids, those, those grown men are going to have like a long <laughs> career for sure. But I don't feel like pitching against them, like, cause they were like younger than me in like the minor leagues. I don't really think about it like that. Like I, so I think about it more of just like, I don't know, like some of the older veteran guys, I can kind of be like, wow, this is insane. Yeah. And I just want to put on the record that that was on question, the worst question that I've ever asked in my life on this podcast. So we're just going to, we're going to clear that elephant out of the fucking room. Good one. You fucking dumb Juco brain. <laughs> But that's fine. That's fine. We'll move past that. We'll, we'll definitely move past that. Um, next thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the Tampa Bay race. You guys, I mean, you guys have usually you guys were like when I was younger, you guys were kind of not to be mean, the doormat of the AL East. And now you guys are like the big front runner top dogs in the AL East. Talk about that young core you guys have and how nasty you guys are. I th- It kind of goes to show just like what like a good front office can do and like what developing a minor league system can do. So their minor league system, even like playing against them as the pirates, like we, you always just kind of like looked over and they were always like, they just did things differently. I guess they just had like a bunch of fun. There wasn't like a bunch of rules, but they had a really like structured kind of, I just think they were like cutting edge as far as the minor leagues go because they couldn't go out and just sign a bunch of free agents. And then that start like slowly started to creep up. And then, you got all these guys breaking into the big leagues who are studs and like obviously the scouting department has a huge part or has like a huge I don't know part to do with it and um, I don't know it's just I don't know they're just like a, a pretty quality organization I think the way they run it too just like how relaxed it is really helps young guys come up and like just succeed in the beginning because I've seen a lot of times when like there's a lot of pressure on you and the organization like makes all these rules like you get up to the big leagues and you don't have an identity yet and like you've just like been told what to do your entire career and you like forget who you are as a person and at the Rays, you just see these kids come up and just start just dominate from day one so i think it's just like a good a lot of it has to do with like the culture yeah there's also a guy who's the number one prospect in your system now we talked about i actually talked about him with a Rays prospect chris muller uh he's your number what's his what's his name your number one prospect it's, uh well yeah this guy is rolling around the dr in a lambo you guys gotta you guys gotta snap that man into orders too. so have you have you ta- have you met him or like seen him around the park I've seen him, like, a, he, he came down for, like, the awards at the end of the year. I said, what's up? Like, a couple people were there. I've seen him in, like, spring training. I, I, I came in 2018. Like, I don't know everyone that well. Um, I was just in spring one year. But, I mean, I don't know, man. Everyone's got, like, their formula for success. Like, if you need to drive a Lambo and kind of, like, do that to, like, be successful, like, more power to you. I could give – I don't care at all. Like, he's a stud, man. Like, go by seven. As long as you come out and 
and like play really good baseball, you can literally do whatever you want. Like just have fun, do what you got to do. What's your pregame routine, and can I incorporate something for you? Just l- tell me about the pregame routine first. Yeah, my pregame routine, like from when I wake up, like it's kind of like a whole process. Yeah, let me hear. It. Okay, let me hear it. Insight, I, first ever heard on official and official. There you go. I wake up. I do like a thirty to forty minute like kind of meditation, like uh, mindfulness thing, just to kind of like get my mind right. Um, I make like a smoothie, take my vitamins. I kind of I don't and like go and get like kind of like a heavy calorie meal in the morning. I go to the field pretty early. Um, I go make like some sort of, I don't know, some, something to eat like four hours prior to the game. And then I go and like do like a mobility program. I roll out, I do all that stuff. I get my body kind of feeling right. And then I go and do like two hours before the game. I do like another little like meditation, like quiet session just to kind of get my mind right. And then I go into like my full dynamic warm up, um, like hip reset, some like kind of like weights incorporated and stuff. That's kind of hard to explain right now. And then uh, I go and I just like music is like a heavy part of my my pregame routine. Like I'm just I'm listening to like just dirty rap music all day long. I throw it on like the, the clubhouse speakers, and then I just kind of get into my zone. And then once I feel like my body's ready to go, I go out and um, I, it doesn't take me very long to warm up. I do some stuff inside, and then it takes me like four to five minutes to warm up out on the field. And then I have like my it's like 19 to 22 pitches on the mound, um, and then I'm just ready to go. And then I kind of go in and like I'm. I've said it before too on a couple of stuff, but I go into like, I don't sit in the dugout in between innings. Like I go into my own little world. I have to go into like a room where I'm kind of like processing like what I'm going to do the next hitter. And like, I just kind of like quiet, like a controlled setting as opposed to sitting out there and like watching the game. But there's usually like a monitor or something. You can like watch the game and like know how many outs there are. But I try to, it's very like individualized for me the day I pitch. It's very like, I don't know. It's kind of like you got to do what you got to do. And then, and then you kind of take it from there. So your pregame routine is a is literally a roller coaster of emotions. Like you're meditating, and then you're blasting a little boozy, and and then you go back down to just chilling and listening and just watching tape. So I would, yeah, I, I guess it's I, I you're still in the same mindset. I think it's like it's just as long as like all the like the, you're like in that positive mindset and you're like ready to go. It's kind of kind of all meshes together. I feel like I feel the same, but it's just like when you got to turn it on, you got to turn it on, and then when you got to turn it off, you got to turn it off. Yeah, and this year you obviously you were successful. I just mentioned it in the in the intro. What like what was really working well for you this year compared to I guess earlier in your career? Was it just more confidence? Yeah, for sure. Um, simplified approach, like more like heaters, like just air on the side of stuff as opposed to trying to hit the corners, and then like just kind of feeding off like the fastball up with spin and the curveball down. So it was more of just like aiming to bigger parts of the zone. But the biggest thing was confidence for sure. I just kind of had like a, a change in mindset. Okay. So the thing I wanted to incorporate actually in your pregame routine is smelling salts. I feel I, it's, it's a free PED that I feel like you should incorporate. I've actually like, we like, cause every, I mean, in the minor leagues and in the big leagues, like you just put it in you crack those and put it in a water bottle and just like stuff it in people's faces <laughs> and mess around. But like, I don't, I mean, they're fine. Like I don't, I used to do them, I guess. I don't know, like every now and again, but they don't really do much for me. They just like make my nose water. And then I'm like, hey, well, they're, yeah, they're cool. I guess they like, clear your sinuses out. Those are pretty, I know hockey players like use those a bunch. Yeah. Speaking of hockey players, you actually look like a hockey player. Like that's why I, like if someone looked at you and you were in Canada, they would say this guy plays pro hockey. Have you got that before? No, not, not really. No. Um, I've gotten like basketball a bunch of times and stuff like that, but um I, I'm in construction, though, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. He's a, he's a construction. He's a site foreman, actually. He doesn't play for the Tampa Bay Rays. And the thing I also want to talk about is the fact that you are – like every time you hop on the mound, it seems like Pitching Ninja is just 
having a field day with the pitches that you throw. When you when a ball like this is this is my dumb brain just thinking about this. When you throw a ball in your head, are you like this is going to be disgusting? Is that what's rolling through your brain? Like before the pitcher, like I yeah, know, like when it's like, out of your hands, like picture this right now. I'm throwing it, yeah. nasty. It's coming. It's like right up. There's there's times you throw and you like you feel so lined up and everything, especially when I'm like one two oh two. Like you kind of have that like mindset going in. Like I obviously honestly my mentality every pitch I throw is just like make this as nasty as I possibly can. Like I my mentality is like I want to strike everyone out. Um, obviously that doesn't happen, but I think for me that gives me like, like a chance to just every pitch is, is quality. I know like when I put my foot off the gas is kind of when I get into trouble. But yeah, like if I'm one two oh two and like I'm really feel it, like I'll have times on my go. It's like strike out for sure. Like you just feel it beforehand. And you're like, all right, I'm ready to go. Like you feel it out of the hand, and you're like, there's no way. That just that felt too good. Are you gonna incorporate like a little pimp job at the end of your strike three? Like or like a little bit of a strut? I think a lot of that stuff is like I, you can't really plan it beforehand. I think it's like do the emotions of the game that like they kind of dictate like how you act on the mound. And like there's been a lot of times where I have like a little bit of a pimp job after. Like whether I just I know I'm doing it or not. Like. I'm just involved in the game. Like I'm not thinking about like what I'm doing to like to the other team. I'm just doing it for me. Like if I have this like emotional rush on the mound, I'm going to do something. But if I don't, I don't. I just kind of like within the moment, you do what you feel like you need to do. Yeah, and I I try to look into it and see if someone's actually pimped the ball off you. But has someone hit a bomb off you that was like launched like deep and they pimped it? Like, do you remember it? Do you remember like a massive pimp job where you're like, fuck? No, I mean, I've remembered like big ass home runs for sure. But like, I don't really care if people pimp home runs off me, like to be completely honest. Like, it depends like how disrespectful it is. Like if you're doing something like actually directed towards me, like maybe something will happen. But most of the times, like it's the same thing. Like I said, like they have the emotions where like they just hit a big league home run. Like that's hard to do. Like you're allowed to let your emotions run a little bit. Like I don't really care if you pimp a home run. Like you're pimping it off of the pitch. You're not like talking shit to me. You're just like, it's like the moment that gets big, like, which is fine. Like you've got to do what you got to do. I was talking about with Nick and like in Korea, it's like a, just like a sign of like, look at me, like I'm flaunting my shit. And I wanted to talk about also is the fights. So if there's a bench clearing brawl, Rays versus we'll say, I, I don't know. We're not going to start a narrative. Who's the three guys on the Rays that you want in the trenches with you grinding? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, I'll go. Uh, Yandy Diaz, just because he's ginormous. I definitely Tommy Pham, but he's not with us anymore, so that doesn't count. Um, <laughs> Yandy Diaz, I want uh, Zanino because he's just the strongest human being alive. We can just palm people's faces. Uh, Zanino, Yandy Diaz, and. Chaz Rowe, maybe, just because he's like, I just feel like he's just a pretty intimidating dude. Chaz Rowe, or dang, I wish I had more time to answer this. I'm gonna go with those three. Yeah, I'll okay. Go with those three for now, yeah. That's a scary trio. That is a very scary trio. And I'm gonna do a second part to this question. Pagan, obviously, Pagan too, because he's got that that closer mentality. But yeah, next okay. One. No, I, <laughs> I respect that. We're gonna we're gonna go to the second part of the question. So you're going out. It's a Friday night. You're in New York. Who's three guys in the Tampa Bay Rays that you're going to – it's an off day the next day. We're going to put that on the record. You're going to get after it with at the bar. Three guys that are, are going to be just wheeling and dealing at the bar. You don't have to name names. Actually, you do have to name names. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, just like in season, I, I rarely ever go out just because I'm, I'm like drinking and, and whatnot like that. I would go um, – on our team, everyone is married or has a girlfriend. So, like, that's a hard <laughs> question. But – like, not even to go out and just, like, get crazy and drink a bunch, but, like, who do I want to go hang out? Like, who would I like to go? Like, it's like Duffy's not on the team anymore. He'd be my number one answer. Um, 
who'd like, all right, I would say like who's single? It would be like, I don't know if Willie's single and I think he has a girlfriend, but like probably like Willie, um, Blake Snell, maybe like I'd probably take out who's single. <laughs> um, who else? Dang, I like these questions. Uh, <laughs> everyone just so wifed up, dude. It's such a hard question. Uh, who else? I literally can't name it. And like Tommy Fame's not on our team anymore, though. So I don't know. Probably that's fine. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to go with them. <laughs> that's a, I mean, that's a great trio. And I actually wanted to also put on the record that I told, like, my girlfriend said you were hot. And I, like, said it to, straight up to my face. She said, this guy is very good looking. So <laughs> technically, that's our girlfriend now. So I wanted to put on the record, actually, also, that if I went to the bar with you, obviously, I would be just riding your coattail. The girls you'd be rejecting, I would, those are the girls I'd be, I'd be a rebound guy. I'd be, the, like, I'd be like, I'm with him, though, but he doesn't want you, but I'm with him now. Like, that's who I would be at the bar. Yeah, nice. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you also have a girlfriend now, by the way. So I just wanted to put that on the record. Yeah, My okay. girlfriend is your girlfriend now. Oh, so yeah, we do, like that's why I'm a big tea glass now guy. But you you, so you guys don't go out during the season at all, like no, like not even on off days. Not really, man. No one really like. Like I said, everyone's like so many girlfriends and wives come on the road too. Like they'll, they'll be like if I pitch or something, there'll be times like I'll go out and like see a city and like hang out and blah blah blah. But like for the most part, like especially starting pitchers. Like I know you pitch every, like once every five days, but I'm so like routine oriented to the fact of like, if I go out the day after I like, if I pitch that day and then I go drink a bunch, like I'm going to feel like shit the next day. And that's like the, the most important time to like recover. I'm trying to get my sleep. I want to feel good the next day. The following day I have a lift too. So it's like that I take those very seriously. So if there was a day, it would be like the day after my bullpen or the day after a lift, but like Every day has its own purpose. And if I wake up, like even the slightest bit hungover, I'm like, listen, like I don't, I feel like I'm not, <laughs> In the off season, I'll like go have some fun though. Like I like to travel a bunch and uh, obviously like go out with my friends and stuff. Then, but like never, I've never been like a huge like bar or club dude. Like I'd rather go out to like a cool dinner with some like cool people or like go on a vacation or travel somewhere. Like that's usually my 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 way I go. So what's uh what's your like uh, top two or top three drinks of choice? Like what what does a female in Tampa Bay have to buy Tyler Glass now to get his attention? Nothing. Uh, a cup of water. No, I would. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like, I really like dirty gin martinis. Weirdly enough, like they like the I like those a lot, dude. But I also like straight whiskey or or like bullet like bourbon's fine. I like Maker's Mark is good or like beer usually. Just like I, I like like I like Guinness a lot. Guinness is probably my go-to beer. So you're just the guys guy. At the end of the day, you're just the guys guy. Other than and that, I also I want a gin martini. Yeah, sure, I'm a guys guy. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to put on the record that I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. I think I'm. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure your mother actually followed me on Twitter. So we, I'm. I'm getting deep in the family here. Like I'm pretty much a glass now. Is that true? Does your mother have Twitter, or is this just a random fan of yours? Oh, it's definitely her. She like. I'll go. Like I don't really go on Twitter that often, like I said. But she's so involved on Twitter. She loves it, dude. She's like. She's so. She knows everything about like me on Twitter all the time. Like that. She just goes on. And, obviously, she's a mom. She loves me, and she does that. But like, she'll like comment on my friend's stuff. Like all the time and I just think it's hilarious but she I mean she's so into baseball she watches like every game so it's like exciting for her so it's kind of cool that I can like be that middleman. so this is a shout out uh for Mrs. Glass now welcome to the officially unofficial podcast nice. uh if you want to adopt me as as a son I wouldn't say no to it she I did, <laughs> she would love it she would love yeah. it and so I'm gonna wish you a pre-happy birthday I don't know when your birthday is we're gonna play this on your birthday happy birthday Mrs. Glass now I just yeah. want to put that early or a little bit earlier when is her birthday it's December 22nd 
Okay, so I'm 11 months off. So in 11 months, when <laughs> I, hopefully this is a little bit more blown up, we can do something for her on her birthday. Because I'm just I'm a class I'm a glass down now. That's that, that's what the G of my last name means. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So where did you get this athleticism from? Because I always wonder that with guys that you're you're what are you like six eight? You're around there. Six seven six eight. Six like seven that. six eight. Where did this come from? Because I want my son to be like this. Uh, my mom is really really athletic. Um. She, she did gymnastics because she's like 5'10". She did gymnastics, which is kind of crazy. She picked the wrong sport, but she was really good. She coached gymnastics. She's still very athletic. Uh, my dad is also like, he's a really strong dude too. Uh, so I would say most of my like athleticism though comes from like my mom's side of the family. My, her brother, my uncle was a really good basketball player. But I'd say that my brother too is, is really athletic. So I'm pretty sure we get it from my mom's side. Okay. So your mom's side is taking the credit for the Tyler Gloss now. Um, and we talked about this last podcast with uh, Jordan Comedina, who's who's your bullpen catcher. He said this. I don't know if you heard it. He said that if you made someone in a factory mechanically to make them perfect, Tyler Glass now would come out. So talk about how cool that is to have a bullpen catcher who's pretty much a coach literally say you're the perfect human being. That means a lot to me. Jordan's the man, too. I love that, dude. It's funny that he said that, too, because, like, all my whole entire existence with Pittsburgh was just, like, throwing dirt balls to him. Like, I might have been the <laughs> I wouldn't throw him any strikes. But he's the man. Dude, I love that, dude. He was, like, he's a really good bullpen catcher. He cares a lot. A lot of guys, too, like bullpen catchers and stuff, kind of just, like, me, like, don't care. Like, he's a really good catcher. So it was cool to have him in the bullpen because, like, obviously, like, my stuff gets a little – sporadic but he always would like block it up and stuff like that so he made it very game like before i went into the game and i really appreciate him doing that so yeah he he talked about his uh like the pregame stuff that he does which is honestly like i'm like this guy loves baseball and yeah. the other thing that he actually also talked about was how he loves not giving baseballs to the ball hawks in the outfield i actually you, so tell a story about what what he like that you had with him and the ball hawks a little interaction Ooh, there's been a lot, man. Like, well, especially in BP, like people will, it's, it's like always the same people every day too. So like, I, I have no problem throwing you baseball. Like I'm not paying for them. Like, yeah, like I'll, <laughs> I chuck them like crazy. Like, especially in BP, I just throw all of them. Like I do not care. But when you see the same 58 year old dude, like cutting in front of kids, all the, like, you're just kind of like, dude, all right, give it a rest. And I think he deals with it more than I do. He's a bullpen catcher. So like every second he's on the field, People are just screaming at him for baseball. So after a while, you just like leave me alone. Like I'm not giving you a baseball anymore. But yeah, um, I can't even think of like one specific example. But a lot of times people just get super angry and like yell, and we just kind of like look at them like, "Yo, calm down. It's not a big deal. Like, <laughs> relax." Yeah. Speaking about Tampa Bay Rays, I want you to rank your top three Tampa Bay Rays jerseys because they have some filthy uniforms. We're gonna go with. The vintage white jersey with the little rainbow, the vintage yeah. black jersey, and then the alternate navy jersey, because those are my top three for the Tampa Bay Rays. Which one? Rank them from one to three. I like, like, the, the dark blue jersey on number one, like the, the World Series one. Not the World Series. I keep saying that. The playoff one we had. Um, the, I like that, number one. Um, the black one, number two. I don't even know how to pick number three. I like the, the dark blue. And baby blue will be three. Two or two and three are, but I like the navy blue or like the dark blue one the best. Do you get to pick as like a starting pitcher? Because I know in JUCO, obviously a little bit different than major leagues, our starting pitcher used to pick like what jersey they would want because they'd be more comfortable in it. Do you get to pick that? You you usually do, but I don't pick it. I just don't really care. Like they just kind of throw whatever on there, and I'm like, great, that sounds good to me. <laughs> like, I don't really, I don't really care. 
I actually, honestly, I really wanted to, I really wanted to take the time and see your stats in each jersey, but it just, I, it, it takes too much time. I, sooner or later, I might actually eventually do it just for fun because I'm a glass now now, just I'm a big T glass now guy. But yeah, yeah. I, I really wanted to calculate that. I'll take that stat cast. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah, that is actually a good idea. You should do that for every pitcher. Some create a like a like a some sort of coding algorithm. You can figure all that out. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I actually really wanted to do it, but fuck it. I mean, don't have the time, and I don't have the brain. Also, <laughs> the brain. <laughs> what was the what was the thing? The first thing that you got with your signing bonus when you when you were drafted, or when like obviously three mil. Not talk about another man's money. You just signed. What's the dumbest thing you've ever purchased? The dumbest thing I I spend. So I'm like relatively frugal. Like I'll spend money on vacations and food. That's like the two things I all kind of like ball out on a little bit. Um. But, dude, when I first signed, I bought, like, a fake $400 watch and lost it, like, two weeks ago. I was, like, oh, I was, like, kind of panicking about buying it. And then I bought it. And I was, like, why did I buy this? Like, it was so stupid. <laughs> I bought a car in 2012. I still drive it to today, though. It's, like, falling apart. I probably won't get another car for a long time. Um, I, just, I don't know. I, haven't, I don't know. I haven't really – probably, honestly, like, vacations and food, to be honest. Like, I'll go – like, if I'm, like, traveling around, like, I, like that is what I'll kind of spend a good amount of money on. What's your top vacation spot? Where's the hot spot? Oh, I went to Europe last year for like three weeks. That was really cool. Um, and like I only had like a couple, like three weeks to go. Like if I had my choice, I'd go for like months. But obviously training and stuff like that, like not many people are like playing baseball in, in Europe. There are a couple, but um, I, just that, like kind of flying around and like kind of the convenience of flying and like doing all that stuff and like staying in like relatively nice places mixed in with like some hostels and stuff. But honestly, just like kind of like Thailand was super cool too. But I would say, like, last year in Europe was, like, super fun. Are you that guy that wears, like, a fedora on trips? Please tell me you're, no, please tell no, me you're not that guy. No, I don't, I don't really, like, ball out on the clothing either. Like, I, I, I enjoy, like, a good, like, a, a well-dressed, like, I think there's definitely, like, some art to it. Like, I enjoy it a lot. Um, I don't spend money on clothes, though. Like, I'd rather sp spend something that fits me really well and looks cool that I, like, hunted for that was, like, 30 bucks as opposed to me just buying, like, some Gucci shirt. Like, I don't like that stuff. I like, like putting something together that doesn't cost a bunch of money that looks good and like fits well. I'm more like a, like a shape dude as opposed to like a brand guy. So I don't really spend much money on clothes and I also can't find shoes that fit me. So like, I don't have to worry about that. Like I just said, humble dude, just a normal guy. And I just, speaking about being a normal guy, I have a proposition. I want to start a TV show, the baseball bachelor. And I want you to be the first bachelor on the show. And when there's three girls left, they have to meet me, your mom, your dad, you know, the whole family. <laughs> what would you think about being the, the future bachelor of baseball? Because that'd be an electric show, first of all. Dude, when I watched like that show, I literally just watched it yesterday with Honeywell and his girlfriend. <laughs> and we were just sitting there. I get, I cringe, dude. Like, why would you ever put yourself in the position to where like, you don't get a say in final production. They can make you look however you want. Like, you know what I mean? They can just make you look dumb. They can make you look smart. I just don't, I, I would be like, nah, I'm good. I don't want to like be on camera having to do all that stuff all day long. That would be my worst nightmare. Like, but I mean, if you need someone, maybe I'll, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just hop on, hop on for the name purposes and just grow the Instagram followers. And something I also wanted to bring up was after that game, like when you kind of got put on the map, like you were the game one starter for the Tampa Bay Rays in the playoffs, how crazy was your phone? Like just Twitter, Instagram, just all blowing up. Yeah, it was pretty gnarly. I got like a lot of people text you and stuff and which is I'm super appreciative of like it's cool people like because I'm still close to a lot of my friends from high school and like um, I went to a really cool high school like uh, Hart High School in California and like I not that I like have a I don't know like I still 
keep in contact with a good amount of people. So like I got random texts from people I haven't talked to in a long time and that was cool for them to reach out. Um, like Twitter and Instagram was obviously like blown up and stuff, which was cool. Um, but I think like during those times, especially it's like, I, I'm not on it a bunch, I guess, like especially Twitter and stuff, but it was cool just to see all those people that I haven't talked to in a long time reach out. I, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. I, I'm not going to be the, I'm not going to be the rider. I'm not going to be the kind of guy that's just messaging you and everyone else messaging you. I'm going to message you. We're going to make a pack here two days after every start. That's going to be the little routine that we're going to go through. I'm not going to message you right after the start when you're carving two days after good start two days ago. That's just the humble. That's it. You can R-bomb it. You don't even have to answer. That's what we're going to do. That, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a ride-or-die kind of guy, though. Here we go. All right. <laughs> so what, what, what adjustments have you made in this offseason to kind of – obviously, you pitched so good last year, but is, are you keeping things the same or have you made some adjustments? This offseason? Yeah. No, I'll, I'll keep things relatively the same. So, like, I figured out a lot – like, what helped me so much in 17 to 18 was, like, figuring out, like – I'm 6'8", so I'm, like, naturally, like, very, like, quad-dominant and, like, just it's hard for me to like hinge back. So I was always like just squatting a bunch and like doing a bunch of core stuff, but I really never understood like the importance of like that deadlift pattern, like that hinge sitting in that chair, like getting that velo from like your glute. And the second I kind of did that transition over and like really focused on like getting that stronger, it made throwing strikes like 10 times easier. So I realized in 18, like the inefficiencies within my low half to like my line has always been like kind of across my body. And the more I got to center and like, had my core and my hips in the right spot, it was a lot easier for me to like have truer spin on my fastball. So even like, I don't think I'm at where I like want to be. I think it's going to take like a, a, a good amount of time. And I think every year it's getting easier and easier because I have an off season to like kind of get into that pattern, but um, really just like making my low half stronger and, and like more efficient. But like for the most part, my mechanics will stay the same. Yeah. Just like how crazy is that though? To like, even last year to be in like, like this, like people were talking about Tyler Glass now, Cy Young. Like, uh, like, how crazy is that for you? Like, as the athlete, the kind of person that's such a prestigious award, just to kind of even be in the conversation in the future to be a future, like a Cy Young award guy. I think it's, I think it's cool that people like think I'm good. That's that's cool. Like, I think a lot of it too is like there's so much of it. I like like the challenge of that. Obviously, like a goal of mine is obviously to win a a Cy Young. That's um, I obviously take my craft like very seriously too. Like, I, I put a lot of effort into it. So I think like. The amount of, of time and effort I put into it for people to like acknowledge it, it means a lot. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, and this is the last question because obviously people don't know this. Tyler Glass now takes care of himself. He has to go to the dentist in an hour. Texting <laughs> me that. Yeah, whatever. Not a big deal. Uh, what what was the best start in your opinion that you had last year? Like the best appearance you've like of your life. I re I remember more so of like so I take it very inning at a time. I remember innings more than I remember outings. Like because I, I feel different every inning if I'm being completely honest. Like I'll have one inning where I'm like that is disgusting, and then one inning I'm kind of like mm, I got to get back to what I was doing, and then like so it's very much like I have a reliever mentality within. But I can tell you like my my most memorable inning to where I was just like I felt amazing was my second to last start before I got hurt was in May. Maybe it was May. I don't know. It was against the Orioles. My first inning against the Orioles was just money. Like, that was probably one of the best best innings I've had where I felt just, like, really good. Against Boston, I think was – I remember maybe it was the second to last start of the year or the last start of the year before the play. No, that I went – Boston-Toronto. The start against Boston at home, I felt really, really good. I was behind everything. Um, I'd have to say probably those those two. 
Okay, and th- this is White Sox. That was a good one too. That yeah, because the White Sox. I wanted to mention that. That's that's the one where you were just everyone was like was stroking you off on Twitter. It was Tyler Glass now this, Tyler Glass now that, all over the Twitter feed. And actually, this is the last last question because I I just totally thought about this. You're good. Well, what is it like to pitch in Fenway Park, such a prestigious park like in major <laughs> history? Early on in my career, it was the most nerve wracking thing ever, dude. Like people are always talking shit to you in your Boston accent. And you're like. Oh, <laughs> But I love that. Like, I love people who can, like, I don't know, like, like good, good shit talking. You know what I mean? Like, not if you're, like, a dick, but, like, if you're, like, really kind of putting some, like, you're, like, good at it, I'm, like, I'm all for it. And so I think it kind of fires me up, too. It makes me pitch better. Um, but I love it, dude. I love the atmosphere. They're, like, everyone, it's one of those places where, like, especially nowadays with, like, all that, like, kind of clickbait stuff, people's attention spans are so all over the place that, like, you go to Fenway and you feel like everyone is watching the game, like, every single pitch at a time. So, I, I, that's probably one of my favorite places to pitch for sure. And last year I threw really well there a few times. So like I have like good memories associated with it. So there you have it. I mean, if you, if you want to chirp Tyler Glass now, think, don't be a dummy and just use some stupid shit that everyone else has used. And just know if you do it on Twitter, like I, I forgot to talk about this. I am now Tyler Glass now's burner account and I will come at you. You're, <laughs> I'm going to have some more 40 year olds hating me. So there you have it. I mean, this is big for the podcast, man. I really appreciate this. We have, Maybe if up for contention, the best looking guy that's ever done this podcast, um, the guy that's getting the carves on the mound, six and one last year, 178 DRA, not a big deal, whatever, kind of good, I guess. Projected to have a great year next year. I'm excited for it. I'll be there in Toronto. Thank you, Glass. Now I appreciate this, man. I'm going to call you Glass from here on out, by the way. Here you go, man. I really appreciate you having me on, dude. That was fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.